our VIC Fellowship, and VIC stands for Vaccine Information Coalition. You're listening to Progressive Radio Network, the most listened to, commercial-free, and a truth radio program in the world. My name is Renee, and the title of our show is What in the Cell is Going On? We're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, which can be accessed live on prn.fm or later on the front page of our vacinfo.org website. We are so blessed to have Barbara uh, as a guest today. I was honored uh, to meet her last week, and um, we're going to let her share her story. Barbara was the mother of Julie. And hello, Barbara. How are you, sweetheart? Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? I am. I can hear you so perfectly, and the world wants to hear your story. So you just share your heart, and we want to hear every detail of everything you've learned and experienced through your journey <laughs> um, since, what, 1986, you told me she was born? Yes, yes. Uh, it would take about 12 hours to go through this, <laughs> but thank you for the opportunity. We can have show after show if we need to, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been been a long journey, and I thank the Lord for the opportunity of meeting you and for you calling back. And uh, the the way I met you was just um, picking up a, a little uh, little business card that you were passing around, and I called, and you you returned my call. And I I'm so grateful for this chance to tell the world and tell Julie's story, and not just for story's sake, but but to warn people and parents and people that may not um, be, you know, fully aware of what in the world, like you said, what what in the cell is going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we are victims just as much as our baby girls, and we must be mm-hmm. their voice, uh, Barbara. So that's why I'm just so uh, I'm just so excited to hear everything about. So why don't you start from the beginning? Was she your first child? I don't remember if you said that or not. Um, no, we um, we had six children. Um, Julie was the fifth child. Um, okay. We were just an average uh, family, um, kind of on the poor side. He was helping his dad start up a new business, and um, it was at a lower rate. And uh, so we were uh, on Medicaid, and um, that that kind of uh, started the whole. Uh, spying process. Um, once the government gives you anything, they expect things in return. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things they want in return is control. But uh, so uh, we were just, you know, a Christian family sending our kids to Christian schools. Um, we were sacrificing and uh, living probably what the world would call on a, a lower income level. Uh, but, uh, then, uh, you know, we, we didn't know any better back then. Um, uh, I, I was married in 1979 and, um, we, I was married at age 24 and we both were 24 and, uh, we began having children as the Lord would give us. Um, and in the, in the eyes of the world, having six children is too many. And they were saying we were breeding and, you know, uh, the medical community was always pressuring us um, to, you know, have birth control and all this. But but we did not believe in that. So we, um, uh, not not that I'm, just, for us anyway, I'm just saying, um, mm-hmm. we 
but uh, then Julie uh, got vaccinated. Um, our other children also uh, had some vaccines as well. Um, we just went along with the flow, just whatever the you know the tables were or whatever the schedules were. We complied, um, which uh, we we did it ignorantly. Um, we would never recommend it um, at this point. But um, so Julie got a uh, series of uh, shots. Um, it started when we were living in Michigan. Um, she got her first round. Uh, then we moved back to Greenville, and um, she got the second round at age four months. And that's when uh, the tragedy hit. This was 1986. They were just starting research on um, uh, tissue engineering and um, hydrogel, et cetera. And uh, the area where we are was a growing, bustling city of Greenville, South Carolina, and the hospital system was involved in research, um, had connections uh with Duke and other places, but um, I said all that because um, this today, the vaccines today didn't just fall out of the sky in the last year or two. Um, they've been working on uh, tissue engineering for many decades, and like anything else, they had to they had to experiment. They had to start somewhere. And um, uh, it's a long story, but Julie uh, had a very high fever at first with the second round. And um, I uh, saw her decline. She she literally became um, uh, her head was swelling. Um, her body was failure to thrive. She was mm -hmm. um, emaciated. Uh, I couldn't figure it out. The doctors didn't even know down, you know, a lot of them were just, you know, young interns in the ER, et cetera, and her pediatrician, which leads me to a, a really important first point is um, the doctors, physicians, they're not even informed. They really don't know what's going on in the research world themselves. Um, they're busy. They're doing medical uh, dictation. Um, I used to actually be a medical dictation typist and proofreader, but but they're, they're so busy. And they're, they're dictating notes at night. You know, they don't have time to research and dig, dig, dig like we're digging. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, you know, that's on them, though. That's that's you know, that's that's on their shoulders. But mm -hmm. the the truth is, um, they didn't know what's wrong with Julie at first, and um, her her regular pediatricians. I'm saying. Um, so we it finally came to the point where she couldn't um, lift up in the crib. She couldn't crawl. She couldn't suck a bottle. She couldn't dabble or anything that a, a four or five month old could do and um it's um interesting the time of year this is we're 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 approaching easter right now and i remember t 
taking her in for her little Easter bunny, uh, Easter shot, you know, uh, just a little picture. And um, uh, looking back, her um, her one eye was wider open than the other eye. And we, we just didn't think a thing of it. We thought it was, you know, cute or whatever. Um, and she, you know, the doctors kept saying, well, you know, she's just weak because it's wintertime and, you know, the flu. And they kept saying she's, so they gave her Pedialyte and, um, you know, they didn't uh, really do anything. But I could tell she was weaker and sicker than normal. And um, then I'd hear the phrase, well, you know, everybody has different milestones. They, every, every baby develops at a different rate. And um, I'm thinking, well, okay. But um, by the time she was um, uh, five months old, I could tell something was drastically wrong. And um, turns out that her eye, one eye was larger than the other because of pressure. And um, one ventricle uh, in her brain was getting filled um, too much and causing neurological damage. Um, with her ability to open her eye. And this um, was all after her second round at four months, correct? This was before her six month birthday, correct? Yes, that's correct, yes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so finally she started projectile vomiting. Um, that, was, that was it. That was when I just rushed her to the ER and um, the, that's when uh, MRIs were still in the mobile units back in 1986. They were just coming out with them. So this particular area only had a mobile MRI uh, on loan from Duke, I guess it was. And um, after they did scans and things, they uh, um, came back. Uh, this was by then, by now it's um, early June. And um, they, they, they were shocked. They said, your daughter has no fluid flow in her cerebral spinal fluid at all. And uh, I was just numb. And uh, every crack and crevice of her brain and spine was uh, blocked. Nothing was flowing. She had syrinxes, which are little lakes that pool out like a river would if it's blocked it. You know, if it's dammed up, it spreads to the side, and um, her entire system was a mess. And her hypothalamus was um, way enlarged. Uh, the hypothalamus controls your appetite center and your temperature, and um, it's a key uh, gland in your brain, uh, which they said was just, um, it was a mass. It was, it was enlarged, um, a lot of inflammation in there. And so um, uh, this particular hospital system here, um, they, I, I said, don't you want to compare her, you know, um, MRI studies with such and such? And no, they just, they literally sent her home to die with no, uh, no, <laughs> no social services follow up with nothing. Um, wow. And I'll get back to that. I think I know why. 
Mm. I, I really think I know why, because, um, frankly, uh, they were just starting their research, too. And by research, I mean experimental research with tissue engineering. And I, I, can't, I can't implicate anything with liability or anything legal, but um, in my heart, um, I, I can't help but think that somebody knew something more than what I knew. But anyway, uh, so Julie was sent to home, home to die, and um, she was just laying in the living room on a blanket, and we were just crying. And um, I remember just surrounding her, our whole family. Um, and, uh, of course, at the time, we only had five children. She was the fifth. But um, uh, the Lord allowed me to um, make some phone calls. We had a Christian landlord, and he suggested to to um, call uh, either Duke Hospital, Emory, or Johns Hopkins. And since I'm from New York State, I was a little bit familiar with the name Johns Hopkins, and it, it's J-O-H-N-S with an S, Johns Hopkins. A lot of people say John Hopkins. <laughs> But um, mm-hmm. but it, it's really Jean's. It's like a French. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, so um, I, I called there, and the switchboard operator, um, I told her my situation with our daughter and um, that we literally had no, you know, specialist, uh, no referrals. There was They didn't refer me to any larger facility, which was just astounding really, when you think back, um, but it was like, nope, no hope, just that's it, she's terminal, and just, you know, it was a, just amazing, um, but so we, uh, call, I called, and um, switchboard operator said, um, you know, she said, I, I could, uh, I could connect you to Dr. Benjamin Carson, have you ever heard of him, and I said, no. And so she said, um, he's really doing wonderful work, and uh, and um, I think that you would really like to talk to him. So she she connected me with his office. This is uh, he was the chief of neurosurgery back then. And so he answered the phone himself. It was a Saturday morning, I remember. He must have been studying or something. But um, so I talked to him, and um, he said, well, you have to wait three days. To be released from your place down in Greenville there and uh, then you can bring her up here and he said I would be glad to take care of her and so we trucked up to from Greenville to New York mm. excuse me Baltimore it was Baltimore mm. Maryland and um, so I, 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 I did misspeak earlier Johns Hopkins is in Baltimore, Maryland, and I, I mistakenly said New York. I apologize for that. Okay, that's okay. Now, how old is Julie at this time when you're dealing with taking her to Baltimore? Okay, this was um, getting to be probably the second week of June. Okay. Um, and um, so Dr. Carson met us, and um, he examined her and uh by then, she was getting to be in almost critical condition, um, and so he 
ran all the MRIs because back then they didn't have much in the in the um, area of pediatric neurosurgery or you know they it was just on the cutting edge of uh, pediatric neurosurgery for the brain and spine. Mm-hmm. So she uh, she uh, went through a battery of tests. Um, as a mother, I remember um, back then they weren't, you know, moms weren't allowed in, in this room and that room and this room. <laughs> and uh, so she had myelograms, she had uh, bone marrow, uh, uh, you know, extractions and a lot of painful tests she went through. And I wanted to be at her side. Well, I, I remember they wouldn't let me in with the myelogram. And um, I just kind of, as a mom, I just kind of lost it. And I, I remember up on the fourth floor, you, if you read the book, um, you know, Gentle Hands and uh, Gifted Hands, uh, they called them Gentle Ben. And uh, Susie, the registered nurse, was, was my daughter's um, nurse, Susie. <laughs> she was great. And um, anyway, up on the floor, um, they were going to do something else, um, and they wouldn't let me in again, and so I just cried. And I remember scooping up Julie and running to the nurse's bathroom and locking the door and crying. <laughs> it was the only wow. place I could go to be alone and just cry with my baby. Mm. And um, so anyway, um, uh, I... um. Uh, Dr. Benjamin Carson uh, came in and uh, said, Mrs. Wilson, uh, we talked, you know, and he said, what's wrong? And I, I told him that I'm blocked out of everything. And he just was so sweet. He said, well, he said, you know, Mrs. Wilson, if you feel this way, then I'm sure a hundred other mothers do too. And um, he he just wrote orders that I was allowed to be in the recovery room or I could I could be at her side when she had all these painful tests done and because, you know, nurse, you know, students and nursing students and, you know, all kinds of people were allowed in the, in the myelogram room except me. And here I was peeking through the door and it was my daughter. It was just, I know, that's insane. This is all back in 1987, correct? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Anyway, we we went through the Johns Hopkins battery of tests, and um, he uh, he had to do uh, open brain surgery because um, oh, she would have died. There was just wow. no flow, so um, so he put in a, a, to make a long story short. He put in a left and right ventricle ventricle shunt with a uh, ventricular shunt with a crossover tube, uh, and then um, that was phase one, and they let her recover from that a little bit. And I got some photographs of Dr. Carson with us, um, and um, so Dr. Hefez was in on it, and Cassidy and Dr. Lee. Um, was with Dr. Carson and um, Dr. Phillips was the neurologist at the Freeman um, neurology uh, part of it. 
for neurology, and she had ophthalmologists. She had everybody you can imagine, evaluator. Um, it was, it was so, such a heavy thing with uh, five kids. We had to get babysitters, and it was we only $40 in our pocket, you know, <laughs> but the, the Lord was good. But um, so a couple weeks after she recovered, um, Dr. Carson went in and um, opened up her, well, so uh, he opened up her spine and he, um, that was even more dangerous than the open brain surgery. The spine is extremely small on a little baby. And um, so, but here's big, tall Dr. Carson with his big hands. And he's, I got a picture of him leaning over the, because I asked, I asked him, this is one of the things he, he allowed, which was really cool. I said, could you please take some pictures while you're in there? I'm a picture nut. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, okay. So he had a nurse or somebody take some pictures. And so I have some pictures of him in the operating room uh, working on my daughter, bending over this little baby. And um, anyway, so he put um, a thoracic shunt in and a lumbar shunt. So she had a total of four shunts in her um, cerebral spinal fluid area. So, um, but I asked him, I said, um, when he, when he came out, I said, what did it, what did it look like in her, in there? And he, he said, every crack and crevice was full of a amber colored blue like substance. And, um, so I was just like, I didn't know what to make of it. And they, and they called it the thing. It wasn't cancer, although they wanted to call it cancer and they had these codes uh, which drove me crazy because the only code they had was brain tumor and cancer, but it wasn't a brain tumor. Um, it was a multicentric. Um, it was all at once, in other words, in the brain and spine. There wasn't like a primary source. It was just a total engulfment um, and a lot of inflammation, which is probably why it was uh, the amber tint. It's kind of. It was kind of like. Um, ultrasound jelly, mm-hmm. a kind of a glue, kind of a substance like rubber cement almost. Um, he, um, but I truly believe back then even they probably never saw the. They probably never connected the um, vaccine to such a such a drastic um, result, um, but. When you study hydrogel, uh, that's exactly what it does. It engulfs every crack and crevice. It um, it inflamed her brain and spinal cord. Uh, she um, she she was just um, you know we brought her back home to Greenville, and um, there's a there's a lot of social dynamics with this too because once you have a disabled child. Um, the government really cracks down and they spy, they, they just spy on you. I'm just going to say it. They just, they monitor you. They spy on you, check your fridge, check your oil tank. You got enough oil. Do you got enough heat? You da, 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 da. Well, um, but, but when I had five kids and we had to take Julie for, um, treatments, Dr. Carson didn't know what to do really. He, um, 
he recommended chemotherapy. That so Julie was on this brand new protocol back in Greenville in association with with Johns Hopkins, and um, chemotherapy so, for what? Well, because they didn't know how to beat this um, anomaly. It was um, an unknown. Uh, Dr. Carson wrote her case up in the Johns Hopkins journals. Um, they they had me go out there on stage with Julie um, in front of the auditorium. Worldwide doctors from all over the world were staring at Julie with her head being um, hydrocephalus with the failure to thrive body. Um, her head looked like a cantaloupe and her body looked like some, you know, World War II emaciated, um, you know, figure. Um, and by the way, she was born perfectly chubby and normal. She was so cute, honestly. She was blonde hair, blue-eyed girl um, when she got older, um, which leads me to another thing. Um, because... Because we have this new technology now where you have the ability to um, take MRIs and put in shunts in, in pediatrics, um, the connection time from the vaccine shots to the injury is spread out now where the child can live longer and spread out and not die and um, they can restore a measure of, uh, you know, she could walk because she she was headed to be paralyzed if, if they didn't do these shunts. Um, and um, she lived 17 years, which I'm thankful for. Um, I don't think the chemotherapy did anything, frankly, uh, except I, I don't any. They wanted me to radiate her brain, too. At, in Greenville, this isn't Hopkins, but Greenville. Um, Hopkins um, recommended it to Greenville, and they were just starting their um, uh, oncology uh, program back then. Julie was one of the first they ever had at uh, Greenville Hospital System. But um, but anyway, so um, because they can put artificial you know, products and uh, all these gadgets I into her. Um, uh, it it's harder to connect. And I didn't connect it at first. What caused it? And even Dr. Carson didn't even know, um, according to their testimony, uh, they really listed her uh, her case as um, the thing. <laughs> um, so we, you know, we took her home, and um, she she, you know, was able to eat, and she was um, more chipper because uh, the the shunt. It's called a VP shunt, ventricle. Uh, peritoneal shunt, VP, ventricle to peritoneal cavity, where the ventricle shunt, it's like a straw that goes in your brain ventricle and it drains 
all the way down from the internal brain ventricle down the side of her neck and all the way down into her peritoneal cavity, which is your abdominal area. And the tiny little millimeters of cerebral spinal fluid just get absorbed into the cavity and excreted through the kidneys. And, and you know, so that's how it worked to get her fluid to flow out and be excreted. Um, our bodies produce um, natural um, cerebral spinal fluid all day long. And, um, you know, that's she had spinal taps. She had spinal... Uh, Things, but when you lose a couple millimeters, it can give you a you know headache or or something. But we're talking really small amounts. However, um, it uh, it was it was just like I was in a another world. We were just plunged into this medical world. Um, it was just amazing. Uh, how how but, long did you have to allow them to, uh, con, you know, continue treating her like a guinea pig? Because, like you said, they're clueless, and and um, not only did they cause the injury, but now they're you know draining your insurance company to fix the injury they caused. Um, how yeah. long did you have to be in that medical money go round? It's funny you said that because you're right on. You are absolutely right. Um. um uh, Julie, uh, the Medicaid, she was becoming the million-dollar baby, okay? And uh, after, um, you know, 15 years of this, I was flying Mercy Medical Flights. We went to, we'd fly to Johns Hopkins. We'd fly back, and Dr. Carson would check on her, and um, we'd fly to Duke sometimes for specialized surgery and then back again, and uh, you know, ground ambulance transport. And one time we were in an airplane, a medical, Mercy Medical Air Flight is a volunteer organization based on donations, and they had a single-engine Cessna restored 1957 plane with an excellent pilot. However, he forgot to flip the fuel switch, so one wing, the fuel didn't transfer to the other wing, and his engine stalled, and it was a one-engine plane. And we oh, were no. over Charlotte. We were over Charlotte, which is a no-go airspace for anybody because it's the banking center of the world. Mm. And um, uh, all the skyscrapers, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, they're all there and everything, and all of them. So anyway, but he's calling Mayday, Mayday. So we were going down, and mm. uh, finally, finally, the Lord. <laughs> helped him to remember to flip that switch and, and transfer the fuel from one wing to the other. <laughs> I'm telling oh, you, it, we had a, we had a journey. I'm, uh, this was a long journey. You're right. And, um, so, but, uh, yeah, the, the, um, the financial world, that's another thing. Um, finally at the end of her life, she lived 17 years, but by the time she was 15, 16, they said, well, Mrs. Wilson, you always wanted her to live to 16. Don't you think it's time to let her die? Uh, she was the youngest child in a nursing home here in South Carolina. Uh, she was such a massive, um, she became, uh, the saddest part was when they put her on steroids 
um, Decadron, and uh, she just blew up like a, oh, my goodness, like a water balloon everywhere. And um, uh, she had to go into an adult nursing home, took her, because our mobile home wasn't large enough, literally. We had oxygen tanks. I had I had other daughters, two other daughters. They uh, they really couldn't get any sleep. We had home health nurses tramping in. We had oxygen tanks, sounds, and we we had uh, morphine pumps going and GI feeds through the night, which was wrong. Thank the Lord, the Lord gave me this sensible uh, GI doctor here and, and took her off the night feeds and put her on the day feeds. And moms and dads, if you're out there and your kid is on a night feed with feeding tubes at night, hang in there because it's convenient at night, obviously. Nobody's doing anything. However, it's bad because um, uh, this doctor changed her to daytime where she'd get the feed in the day and then a home health nurse walked her, lots of walk, more walking, even though it was hard for Julie. The walking helped her, and she actually gained enough weight where they took the G-tube, gastrointestinal tube, out of her body. She gained, like, I don't know, 15 pounds. Uh, it was such a blessing. I've had yeah. so many miracles along the way, too. And, um, you know, miraculous things I've seen um just uh, just amazing things that, like her jaw blew up under her uh, neck and jaw. The fluids were not going in the right place or something. I don't know what happened. It was this gigantic cyst thing, and they were going to go in the roof of her mouth and jaw, and it was a big deal. But I prayed, and the Lord actually took it away um, before they operated so that was one miracle amongst many. Um, but um, so, uh, but anyway, back you know, with all these kids, uh, you said the Medicaid. Believe it or not, they wanted to collect the money at the end of her life after she died. Unbelievable. Um, my lawyer, though, put a stop to it and. He did his paperwork or something, and um, her estate. So <laughs> we didn't have an estate, but we ended up having to pay. I think it was six hundred dollars. But they really wanted it back. And at one point, I forget what year it was. Um, one of the years, Medicaid dried up, and there wasn't even any Medicaid in South Carolina. I remember that year. That was then. All the charities kicked in, and um, it, it, you know, the stuff we went through was unbelievable because um, it's like nobody helped us get a wheelchair van. I, I went personally. No one helped me get a wheelchair van to take our daughter and family anywhere because we didn't have a vehicle big enough or equipped enough. No one even helped us get that, uh, if, if you can believe that. And the, the Cancer Society, the National Cancer Society, none of them. So here we are stuck in this little mobile home, can't go anywhere. And uh, so it took a toll on the kids. It took a toll on the other children because they were out playing and there's Julie, you know, stuck in them. She couldn't go anywhere really. So I, I was, I, I couldn't work. 
And so I could not earn money. And so my uh, Social Security benefits um, were nil. I mean, I, I don't, you know, you have to have all these quarters, put quarters into work and all this. And so because I couldn't work, I had to take care of Julie 24-7, 365. Um, and then the, and the, I was a nurse's aide. I trained nurse's aide at that time. And uh, uh, they wouldn't even let me, you know, they definitely didn't compensate me for taking care of Julie. And then they brought in these other nurse's aides that were far less, experience than I was and they still made me be on call 24 7 to give Julie her pain meds which was all the time and um, so I'd, I'd be out somewhere and I'd get a phone call from the nurse's aide saying you got to come back you know Julie's in pain you got to give her her morphine so here I go drop what I'm doing come back to the house and um, so it was just unreal and um then we had this registered nurse who was a home nurse. Um, she came in and stole all Julie's Neurontin and all of her, uh, she, she was she was dipping into her big morphine bottles. She had those large morphine liquid bottles. And um, uh, so they, they found out that she was a drug addict and uh, she killed herself. She committed suicide um, because she, she actually broke open one of Julie's wounds. This is this is when Julie got big um, from her steroids and she was bedridden. Um, this was when she was about 15 or 16. Um, she was just bedridden. So, um, And then they blamed me that her wound broke open when really I was the one that was helping to heal it. And <laughs> I mean, I, one thing about having a severely disabled child is you are you are to them you're like fair game you know it's like um blame blame mrs wilson for everything and um so uh her her official diagnosis was multicentric juvenile polycytic astrocytoma well hmm. multicentric means like i said your brain and spine all at, at one time there's no primary source or anything juvenile means you're a child onset as a as a child and um astrocytoma is a spreading finger-like um term uh again they were getting into the cancer and all these cancer terms which because they didn't have any codes for what really was going on um so but uh yeah we uh it took a toll on dad too because he was trying to get his degree and trying to work a job and the, the family stresses um, almost broke us. If it wasn't for, for the grace of God, I don't know. I, I saw a lot of uh, dads leave their babies, mothers leave their babies. They couldn't handle these severely uh, handicapped children, disabled children. Um, but back to how they think they own you, um, they really um, they wanted to radiate her brain. They said, oh, Mrs. Wilson, you know, the... The MRI here is showing that there's a an increase in the uh, they called it a brain tumor, which was really not. But um, I they were threatening to arrest me. They'd come to the lobbies with badges showing and uh, you know sheriff's badges and um, a lot of intimidation. Oh my goodness! Yeah. You do this or else, you know. Um, 
And uh, they even denied me home health services unless we could move into a better house that was bigger because, frankly, I think the nurses didn't want to sit in some poor little mobile home, you know, because they were hoity-toities and wanted some nice home for home health care, you know, worthy of their degrees. So wow, wow. So when did you start connecting the dots that the vaccines were responsible? Was it during her life or was it after she passed away? Well, I knew that the vaccine did something really bad at first. Uh, the, the 104 fever and um, then it uh, shut off to me and um, then I saw the decline. Uh, there was no other factors. Um, and then when I was, um, it, it always bugged me. Um, exactly what happened um, and uh, what Dr. Carson said the the amber colored glue he used the word glue and um, every crack and crevice he said and then I was listening to Celeste Salam's show uh, she was getting into the scientific stuff you know and I'm just grinding it out listening to an hour of that and and all this and she was talking about hydrogel and how it um, engulfs every crack and crevice and has a glue-like consistency, elasticity. And I was like, okay. And then I started to really study about the vaccines and, um, you know, how it really, uh, the damage it does. And uh, mind you, we were a Medicaid family, so... Uh, like I said, government gives and they want something back. So they probably thought they had the right to um, experiment on Julie back in 1987. Um, uh, I that's just that's just my anecdotal um, mom uh, theory. But the more I study GlaxoSmithKline and the corruption and um, the uh, money making. Uh, Worldwide, uh, personally, I think it's a gambling ring. It, it's just as bad as uh, horse betting or NASCAR or football or Major League Baseball. I, I, these guys, these globalists, are—they uh, don't care about human life. They'll, uh, they'll just bulldoze over you to get what they want. And it's not just money. They want, they want control, like Satan. Um, it's like king of the mountain. You know, I'm going to control this world. I'm going to control you, and I'm going to be like God, and I'm going to have the power over death and life. And and it didn't matter to them uh, what they had to do or who they had to use. I mean, they had to do their research. The, these are, these vaccines that we are uh, that are uh, nanoparticles, mRNA, and all this. This didn't just start. This this start, I I did some reading it it started back in the um, 1980s um, and in fact that leads me to something really important that I wanted to give to the um, parents. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a this is like a god thing. Um, the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, mm -hmm. where the Supreme Court. Um, ruled that the drug companies had immunity from lawsuits, from injuries or deaths due to vaccines. And by the way, nobody told me this 
nobody told me any of this stuff. I had to get all this myself. But um, do you know that that was um, affirmed on October 14th, 1986, which is my daughter's birthday? Wow. <laughs> That's her birthday. October 14th, 1986, it was ratified. And um, on a side note, I think all homicides should be uh, no statute of limitations because if I could, I might um, bring a lawsuit. But there's there's a this obviously doesn't have a statute of limitations for this vaccine injury. Um, but um, then there's there's what's called the um, um, Excuse me, my pause. I'm sorry. Um, There's a vaccine um, adverse reaction event. um, Mm -hmm. And uh, from what I uh, heard from Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, which I highly respect, um, she was saying that the death toll now is up to 25,000 for these vaccines that they're rolling out now. Um, if people think that, oh, the government would never hurt me, they would never hurt children, they are wrong, absolutely wrong. They have, uh, you know, now a lot of the doctors are good, I, I, and they have good hearts, and they, they worked hard. Uh, but there's an evil regime behind it all. And absolutely, because the drug, companies, the drug companies fund their schools and write their textbooks, so these doctors only know mm-hmm. what they're taught, and, right. and they're... they're- not you know there's no law even mandating a pediatrician to report a vaccine injury so you know very small percentage actually even gets reported so even though they're looking for answers they're not you know forced to do anything i mean it's totally a very evil agenda no question um, and so many parents are being targeted. And even people today, Dr. True just sent an email about marvelous Marvin Hagler dies from the COVID jab. I mean, and, oh. and this COVID jab, I don't even like to consider it a vaccination, Barbara. I mean, right. it's not, even I though the either. vaccines are already poisoned, you know all too well through the death mm-hmm. of your daughter, I know all too well through the death of my daughter that, mm-hmm. you know, we totally were victims just as much as our babies mm-hmm. were. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and now the agenda they have with this this COVID is just insane on on what they're doing and and who they're killing. Not only the you know the the, the celebrity. I mean, so many so many are either gonna you know drop dead like this Dr. Marvin. I mean, this marvelous Marvin Hagler, or even um, you know come out with some autoimmune, which is just the body the body's intelligence from our Creator, the Master Physician, you know targeting what they've been exposed to because you know even the even the vaccines your daughter Julia and my daughter Casey received those alone were poison with the mercury and yes. the formaldehyde and the aluminum and the antifreeze and the polysorbate mm-hmm. 80 and mm-hmm. all the other witches brew I call it uh, with the animal viruses and everything that you and I both had to learn mm-hmm. the hardest way possible um, but you know th- this covid is just superior because it's not it's not a vaccine. It's literally a jab right. to, you know, like Hank Aaron even. I mean, all these celebrities, yeah. they're being victims to learn that you don't want to take this jab because not only is it mm-hmm. the hydrogel, like you said, which I didn't even know about hydrogel until, gosh, until the COVID issue. I didn't know that back in the 80s that that was an issue too. So I'm so thankful that you're bringing that out to the, to the audience. Yeah. A long um, time. Mm-hmm. 
It's just insane. Well, but this particular say... COVID is supposed to even target your VMAT2 gene, that connection we have with our creator. It's literally designed mm -hmm. to eliminate and to take your God connection away. I mean, it's insane, yeah. people that are just doing this. Right. <laughs> That's what Satan wants. He wants to um, stop us from being uh, human and uh, so we could belong to him. And one thing I want to tell the people, because um, a lot of people say, well, you know, not everybody gets a reaction. Not everybody dies. I want to say something, and, you know, Joe Biden up there, he's, oh, yeah, we took the vaccine, and now after the vaccines, we're going to tell you what to do and all this. Well, there's, you know, Thimerosal, they say, well, you know, that was outlawed years ago. Well, no, it, it wasn't. It was just no. mandated to be from a, um, a super killer dose down to a killer dose. Thimerosal is painted on, um, there's different vials. There's multi uh, um there's um, multi-dose vials and there's single-dose vials. And the elites that have the good insurance get the single-dose where they only inject the needle once and draw up the substance, I'll call it. And then there's the multi-dose vials, uh, which is given to the military, UNICEF, third world countries, Medicaid, all the poor people, underinsured, um, uninsured, and um so they they put more garbage into those, and they paint them with thimerosal uh, to eliminate the bottom feeders, all the, like, um, you know, all the handicapped, just like Hitler, you know, all the handicapped, all the, all the uh, suckers off society, all the ones that are sucking the money and not making the money, and, and that's how they perceived us. We were a poor family sucking off the system, you know, and... Uh, but I'm just saying the um, there are different vials, and um, Biden and all of them, they're bragging, oh, we got it, it's safe. It's probably a placebo, of course. Yes. And uh, if you think they're going to take some uh, normal uh, thing up there, it was just all photo ops, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And um, so, but um, we're into nanoparticles. We're into artificial intelligence. We're, we're into um, quantum dot, where they... They'll inject the vaccine, and at the same time, they're putting in a fluorescent, uh, glowing uh, quantum dot pattern where they can track you. It's all about tracking and control, and we are the product. And uh, if you study this, we, we are like a tube of toothpaste. We are the craft uh, mayonnaise jar. Human beings, they are turning us into a product where they, they know every breath you take, every, everything that you do. Um, and, and this hydrogel is like ultrasound. You know, it, it helps to, um, you know, they put the jelly on you because it, it transmits better. And uh, when they inject hydrogel into your body fluids, it, it turns you into a better receiver and transmitter so they mm -hmm. can track you better. Uh, from satellites, and if people think this is outrageous, they're right, it is, but it's so evil. Um, just as a side note, in the military, my daughter got the H1N1 vaccine, uh, so-called, you're right, a jab, uh, and she collapsed. She had narcolepsy, and the military denies, oh, you can't, narcolepsy isn't a problem. Well, yes, it is. She almost died from it. Uh, wow, she this was, isn't Julie, though. This is another daughter? This is my other daughter, Julie's um yeah, we had one more baby after Julie, and they thought I was a monster. How could you have another baby when, oh, you know, Julie's so sick and needs you? Well, wow. 
I'm sorry, but my my little girl, Mary, uh, she ended up to be one of the top. Uh, we homeschooled, but she, uh, I'm a stickler on English and stuff, but she, she ended up to be one of the top um, linguists at the Defense Language Institute in um, in uh, Monterey, California. And at, right after the um, H1N1 flu vaccines, she collapsed and went to wow. the ER. And the ER doctor said, I see this all the time, all the time. And uh, so they, they know what they're doing. Like it's they have normal. Experimented. Like it's a normal the thing. Military... <laughs> huh? Uh, the, like it's a normal thing. I mean, they been... told mothers, expect your daughter to pass out after they come in for the vaccine. It's just insane how well, just yeah. how mm-hmm. dumbed down and misinformed the masses and are. Say, Unbelievable. Yeah, people say, well, why is the military involved in all these vaccines? What do they have to do? And they say, oh, you're a dictator and martial law. The military has always been involved in vaccines. We they they use the military as experiments. Why do you think 2,000 troops in my I had three kids in the Navy. One was a submarine officer, a Navy sailor, and my uh, my Navy daughter was excellent with. Uh, she was in the NSA for languages and Hebrew and Arabic translations. But wow. anyway, um, they, the 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 military has always used the mil uh, the military industrial complex. The the generals have always experimented uh, with the pharmaceutical companies with um, the military uh, people in the battlefields they they would give LSD they'd be walking zombies Um, uh, so it's 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 evil it's corrupt it's wicked Um, it is, and, it is, um, and we're going to continue this, Barbara. We have to. I have to do the closing statement now. Okay. I do have another gentleman scheduled next week, but maybe the following week, if you're available, or the following week, we can do this unlimited. I know your wisdom has been gained from Julie's experience because she's been gone now. What since 2003? She passed away. Yes, at age yeah. 17. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, just bless um, you and, and, and know, and I know you know that Father allowed this to open your eyes to what's really going behind the scenes. And we want mm-hmm. to know what you know. So we've ran out of time today, but let's make us another, let's schedule another one and let's continue this on the depth of wisdom you have gained from our creator through Julie's experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Um, and then we'll also one, announce your one, book too. I think you already wrote a book, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, and and it all it all it all ties into interfaith. Um, I wrote a book against interfaith, the Aspen Institute, um, and the wow. global, uh, you know, pharmaceutical uh, involvement they have, et cetera, et cetera. We are going to talk um, more about this on the next show that we have you. Like I said, it might be week after next. If you're available, I'll call you after and schedule it or maybe in the next couple of weeks. But we need to continue given this wisdom that, you know, Father has given you through Julie's experience as soon as possible. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank Um, you. Thank you so much. I have to close now. Love you. Can't wait to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Renee. Thank you very, very much, Barbara. In the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Hallelujah. You're listening to Vic Fellowship. And again, our shows can be accessed on the front page of vacinfo.org. On the belly of a little boy flexing his muscles. They'll put it up tomorrow after I send the description of today's shows. You can download it. You can pass it out to everyone. 
Um, we're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. Our contact number is, I have to give you another number because right now my toll-free number has been affected. <laughs> Both of my our ministry's toll-free numbers are not working. I got Anyway, long story short, the number you can contact it as of right now, um, if you need to contact us, is 919-781-2642. So if you have any questions about today's show, call that number. Um, we thank Progressive Radio Network for allowing us to give you this uncompromised truth. And yeah, bless.